everybody, and welcome to another episode of Traumatized. So, today, so I decided to do a follow-up episode about my ADD and CPTSD after having a very educational session with my therapist recently. The subject that I had brought up with her was trying to know in moments of having issues or symptoms, if they are CPTSD symptoms or if it's ADHD or my ADD symptoms that are happening. The first question she asked me is, why is it so important for you to know? Well, my response to her was, because then I'll have a feeling like I will have a better chance to figure out things out if I know. The conclusion that we came to towards the end of the session was to try and be more present with yourself and have more of a body-like experience instead of trying to think so much about the symptoms and where they are from. Due to my ADD, I have the tendency to obsess over something that to me is deemed important to resolve right away. And when I am not able to get an answer, I become ultra-focused or hyper-focused on just the thoughts in my head at that exact moment in time. So the goal for myself is to be present when I experience any kind of symptom, whether it's an ADD symptom, a CPTSD symptom, or a mixture of both. Now here's the real tricky and difficult part to grasp with all, with all of this. And it is different for all of us because we all have our unique life experiences with trauma as well as our journey to discovering our ADHD, even if we aren't officially diagnosed with it. When we were born into this world, did the ADHD come with us by genetics or environment? If we experienced repetitive abuse as a young child or in our teenage years, did we develop ADHD because of our trauma? Or are the symptoms that we believe to be ADHD actually symptoms that happen from CPTSD? So which came first, the CPTSD or the ADHD? As you may or may not know, ADHD is classified as a neurodevelopment condition, meaning the onset occurs during the developmental period, typically early childhood, and has a strong genetic component. As a neurodevelopmental condition, ADHD is considered an innate neurodivergence, meaning a person is born with it. And of course, CPTSD is also considered a form of neurodivergence. However, this is an acquired neurodivergence, meaning it is situational and can be resolved through treatment. As well, children who experience trauma earlier on in life are much more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. It was reported in 2010 that nearly 1 million children may be misdiagnosed with ADHD each year, which is why Dr. Nicole Brown, as resident at Johns Hopkins, Hopkins in Baltimore, believes it is so valuable that trauma-informed care take place from a younger age. Now, as I attempt to look back on my life and the experiences I had, both good ones and bad, 
I am struggling to pinpoint a moment or moments in my early years where I can identify examples of signs that ADHD was present. I know that from past memories, I did experience some situations where my parents were aggressive with their disciplinary choices, and it did create a fear of getting into trouble to avoid further aggressive tendencies. The part that doesn't make this all at all easier is that my parents are loving and caring people who would do who would have done anything for us to make sure that I got what I needed in life to be successful. They may not have been the best parents when it came to teaching me about social skills and things that are important to interact with people or how to create new friends, but they did give me what I needed to survive and feel loved and get my needs met. But really, but I really need to dive further into what was there first. When I started school at the age of five, did I have ADHD at the point of my life? Was the ADHD the reason for my inappropriate behavior? Was I incapable of developing at the same rate as my classmates and maturing in the same manner as they did? And thus, was ADHD why I said things or did certain actions that other kids at age eight or 10 or 12 would have grown out of and thought was weird or childlike? I say all this because my childhood from elementary all the way up through high school was a lot of bullying, harassment, teasing, and people not being friends with me. At the same time, I struggled with certain aspects of my development. I had poor relationship skills, often struggled with to interact with others and create social bonds. But if my memories are correct, much of that was due to feeling afraid to try because I believed I would be shot down hard or laughed at in front of everyone else. I did have a lot of actual experiences of these results happening. And by the fourth grade, I had developed an automated response to social situations as, excuse me, incapable of talking to my classmates uh, eating by myself at lunch or at home rather than around others. I never would be chosen by anyone for group projects or for partners in class. And one unlucky person would be forced to work with me as their partner. Now, not everyone was bad, but well, in school, kids always want to be included and rarely ever go against the norm. I remember a lot of my classmates would either put up with me or they just ignored my feeble attempts to communicate with them when I tried to make friends. Once again, I go back to this whole point of this episode. Did I have my ADHD from the start or did all the trauma, abuse, bullying, teasing, alienation cause CPTSD? And then my brain didn't develop properly in the same area that ADHD tends to reside in, the prefrontal cortex of the brain. Many PTSD and CPTSD survivors experience the same problems with emotional regulation, self-awareness, and impulsivity. Here is something to think about. 
Just as the symptoms of CPTSD from early childhood trauma can seemingly trigger ADHD, ADHD can also feed back through to trauma. For a child with an ADHD diagnosis, it can lead to feeling as though they don't fit in. Many are more frequently bullied and find academia and socializing difficult. This can all trigger a stress response in children. Cortisol rushes through our sympathetic nervous system when we are stressed and gets us ready to fight, flight, or freeze. For people experiencing trauma or chronic stress, the body and brain becomes unable to regulate this response, and therefore, the body is always in a state of stress. This then leads to many behaviors and symptoms that people with a PTSD or CPTSD diagnosis will find familiar. It is truly a difficult subject to discuss without potentially pointing out an incorrect statement as factual or believing something to be true or we're told is true is now in reality false. There really is no way that I can determine if I was born with ADHD or developed it in the first five years of my life. It is quite possible that my ADD is actually symptoms that come from all the trauma I have experienced through most of my pre-adult years. Also, here is something that is definitely eye-raising. Why neurodivergent teens, kids, and adults are more susceptible to bullying. Those of us who appear different from most, particularly during the middle school years, but this can apply throughout childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, tend to be either taunted, laughed at, picked on, or outcast and ignored. Sometimes it is because we are too kind and naive and gullible, while other times it is because we lack the social cues to either pick up on what we are doing or to fit in. This can be seen in families too, not just in school or the workplace. Sometimes a parent feels they can't connect with their neurodivergent child, in other cases, the parent may see traits of neurodivergence that they have reflected in their child and resent the neurodivergent family member for this too. It is complicated. As I briefly explained earlier, I behaved in such ways that some teachers and much of my classmates saw as unusual or inappropriate for a child of that age. And it led to being laughed at, rejected, bullied. So again, I developed an instinctive behavior where I started to believe that I am not normal. I'm not as good as others, not worthy of attention, care, and friendship. Now, flip it over and look at it from another perspective. What if, by the age of five or six or seven, I already presented signs, signs of trauma responses, couldn't interact with others due to fear and persecution all before the bullying and mean behavior happened. It can be easily, or sorry, it can easily be seen by those who have no experience or education with CPTSD or trauma in young children as ADHD-like behaviors. I do recall back in my early years of school, that I was led to believe that I wasn't a good kid. 
that I was disruptive, rude, and dishonest. That I had to be watched over because I was unpredictable. And in my later years of school, the last four to six years, I had a rebellious streak in me. Don't misunderstand me here. I didn't start smoking or dress all black or get into any real serious trouble. I was stubbornly confrontational and opinionated. If there was a discussion occurring in our social studies class or history for some of you (coughs) that I found really interesting, I often spoke up and had to give my opinion on what was being said. There were times where I heard classmates groan. Here we go again. (laughs) I look back on all this. There isn't any one explanation I can come up with for the behavior. Maybe I did this because I felt bold. Already knew my classmates didn't care for me, so why hold back? I certainly don't do that today with people I have met after school. I will admit, though, that Today, I sometimes can create an opinion on something and stick to it loyally. However, I know when and when not to express it. Now, was this just my ADHD playing out? Become passionate about what is being discussed, obsessing about it, and feel the need to speak out even if it meant being wrong? I often would fight back. Not with my fists, but with my voice and my mind. I have always been creative, expressive, and eager to become excited about something that interests me. And this led to thinking about something to say out loud and the need to say it, the desire to have my voice heard. Did I do it to gain support? Or was this just my way of fighting back against those who bullied and teased me to get even with them? There is no doubt today that I do present signs of ADHD symptoms, like being forgetful about tasks I'm working on, absent-mindedness, getting dysregulated when there's an increase of stress. Although now, it can also be symptoms of CPTSD because you can become dysregulated, triggered from too much stress, and you can begin to forget things and tasks that you're working on. Now, I'm not wanting to go in, in to go deeper here. Is it ADHD or is it CPTSD? It's very possible that it's a combination of both. As ADHD and CPTSD are always overlapping with their symptoms. Now, I have a, an article here that I am going to read. It was written by Kelsey Junwait. Um, she works with the workoutwitch.com website. So here we go. The intersection of ADHD and CPTSD. What makes the interplay between ADHD and CPTSD intriguing is the shared ground where their challenges overlap. Impulsivity in ADHD can mirror the recklessness seen in trauma survivors and the hyperfocus associated with ADHD might serve as a coping mechanism in the face of trauma. More examples of the overlap between ADHD and CPTSD include difficulty with attention and concentration. Both ADHD and CPTSD can involve challenges with attention and concentration. 
Individuals with either condition may struggle to sustain focus on tasks leading to forgetfulness and errors in work or daily activities. Impulsivity. Both conditions may exhibit impulsive behaviors, though the underlying reasons can differ. In ADHD, impulsivity is a primary symptom, while in CPTSD, it might be a coping mechanism from a heightened state of alertness. Difficulty concentrating. In ADHD, difficulty concentrating is a core symptom, while in CPTSD, it can be a result of hypervigilance or intrusive memories. Emotional dysregulation. Emotional dysregulation is a common feature of both conditions. Individuals with ADHD may experience intense emotions, while those with CPTSD may have heightened emotional reactivity, mood swings, and difficulty managing emotions in response to triggers or stressors. Executive functioning challenges. Both conditions can impact executive functions, such as planning, organization, and time management. Difficulties in initiating and completing tasks, as well as problems with setting and achieving goals, may be observed in individuals with ADHD and CPTSD. Hyperactivity or hypervigilance. Both conditions can involve heightened arousal. ADHD may manifest as physical hyperactivity, while CPTSD can result in hypervigilance, a state of increased alertness and sensitivity to potential threats. Problems with memory. Both conditions can affect memory, although the mechanisms differ. In ADHD, forgetfulness may be related to inattentiveness, while in CPTSD, it can be influenced by dissociation or traumatic memory repression. Difficulty with relationships. Challenges in forming and maintaining relationships are common in both conditions. Individuals with ADHD may struggle with social interactions due to impulsivity, while those with CPTSD may have difficulties trusting others and forming secure attachments. Inconsistent performance. In both ADHD and CPTSD, individuals may demonstrate inconsistent performance in various areas of life. This inconsistency may be related to fluctuations in attention, mood, and energy levels. Procrastination. Procrastination can be a common manifestation in both ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, it may result from difficulties with executive functions, while in CPTSD, it can be a way of avoiding triggers or distressing memories. Difficulty sleeping. Sleep disturbances are common in both conditions. In ADHD, it may be due to a racing mind, while in CPTSD, it can result from hypervigilance, nightmares, or anxiety. Chronic fatigue. Fatigue is common in both conditions, but the underlying reasons can vary. 
In ADHD, it may be due to mental overstimulation. While in CPTSD, it can result from the chronic stress of dealing with trauma-related symptoms. Restlessness. Restlessness is a symptom that can be present in both ADHD and CPTSD, though the underlying causes may differ. In ADHD, it's associated with hyperactivity, while in CPTSD, it may stem from an elevated state of arousal. Mood swings. Both conditions can contribute to mood swings, though the triggers may vary. In ADHD, mood swings may be linked to frustration with executive functioning difficulties, while in CPTSD, they may result from emotional dysregulation associated with traumatic memories. Avoidance of tasks. Both conditions may lead to avoidance behaviors, but for different reasons. In ADHD, avoidance can be a strategy to cope with the fear of failure due to executive functioning challenges. In CPTSD, it may be a way to avoid triggering situations associated with past trauma. Difficulty with follow-through. Challenges in completing tasks or following through on commitments can be observed in both ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, this may be due to impulsivity or distractibility, while in CPTSD, it could result from emotional overwhelm or dissociation. Sense of underachievement. Individuals with both conditions may experience a persistent sense of underachievement, though the reasons differ. In ADHD, it may be due to difficulties in meeting societal expectations, while in CPTSD, it could result from the impact of past traumatic experiences on self-perception. Inattentiveness to surroundings. Both conditions can lead to periods of inattentiveness to the external environment. In ADHD, this is a characteristic symptom. While in CPTSD, it may occur during dissociative episodes or when the individual is preoccupied with traumatic memories. Difficulty in decision-making. Decision-making challenges can be present in both ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, it may be due to impulsivity or difficulties weighing options. While in CPTSD, it can result from fear of making the wrong decision based on past negative experiences. Struggles with time management. Both conditions can contribute to difficulties in managing time effectively. In ADHD, this is related to executive functioning deficits. While in CPTSD, it may be influenced by a preoccupation with traumatic memories or hypervigilance. Physical symptoms without medical cause. Both conditions can sometimes manifest physical symptoms, for example, headaches, stomach aches, without an apparent medical cause. In ADHD, this may be linked to stress, while in CPTSD, 
it could be a somatic expression of unresolved trauma. Difficulty in forming and maintaining relationships. Impaired social functioning is a commonality between ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, it may result from social impulsivity or inattentiveness, while in CPTSD, it may be influenced by difficulties trusting others due to past betrayal or abuse. Chronic forgetfulness. Both conditions may involve difficulties with memory, including forgetfulness. In ADHD, forgetfulness is often related to inattentiveness, while in CPTSD, it can be influenced by dissociation or cognitive preoccupation with traumatic memories. Difficulty in task initiation. Initiating tasks can be challenging for individuals with both ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, it may be due to executive functioning deficits, while in CPTSD, it can result from a combination of emotional dysregulation and avoidance. Heightened sensitivity to stimuli. Individuals with both conditions may exhibit heightened sensitivity to stimuli in their environment. In ADHD, this is related to sensory processing issues while in CPTSD, it may be a result of hypervigilance and heightened arousal. Impaired executive functioning. Both ADHD and CPTSD can impact executive functions, such as planning, organizing, and problem solving. In ADHD, these challenges are core symptoms, while in CPTSD, they can result from cognitive disruptions associated with trauma. Excessive worry. Persistent worry and anxiety can be present in both conditions, albeit for different reasons. In ADHD, it may be linked to concerns about performance and attention, while in CPTSD, it can be related to hypervigilance and fear of potential threats. Difficulty focusing on details. Challenges in focusing on details are common in both ADHD and CPTSD. In ADHD, this is a characteristic symptom, while in CPTSD, it may be influenced by intrusive thoughts or a preoccupation with traumatic experiences. Feelings of shame and guilt. Both conditions can contribute to intense feelings of shame and guilt. In ADHD, this may result from societal expectations and perceived underachievement, while in CPTSD, it can stem from self-blame related to past traumatic events. So there you have it, guys. So it's pretty straightforward. ADHD and CPTSD quite often are like one and the same. It is extremely difficult to know if you have ADHD symptoms occurring or if you have CPTSD symptoms occurring. And quite often, probably I would say 80%, 90% of the time, if you think 
that you are having a symptom that is ADHD related, if you sit back and you analyze it and you try to discuss it or you discuss it with your therapist, there is a very good chance that it's going to be a mixture of both. Now, this is assuming, of course, that you have CPTSD from trauma in your past and you also are dealing with ADHD. And keep in mind, you may have ADHD-like symptoms that in reality are from trauma because they have said, and this is something that has been you know, studied and written, that CPTSD, trauma, and a young age and repetitive trauma to a child or teenager can affect the development of the prefrontal cortex in the brain. So if you were suffering from abuse and trauma and manipulation and neglect, uh, lived with narcissistic parents who, you know, used you for their own purpose or advantage or gain, there is a really, really good chance that your trauma has, de- has caused developmental issues in your brain. Now, I know it's difficult to truly understand everything. Like I've done a lot of research in the past three years since I've been making this podcast and with the help of a couple therapists and some other experts um, that I've interviewed and have also talked with offline. And I still only know a small amount of what there is out there because to understand and grasp the concept of the fact that there's so many similarities between the two, it is extremely difficult to know if you truly have ADHD or if what you're actually experiencing is from traumatic experiences in your earlier life. Now, I do remember when I had my diagnosis done by the psychiatrist that I, I went, well, I didn't go to her. I did it over the, over the, uh, sorry, I did a web webcam, uh, video and she asked me questions that weren't related to ADHD directly. It was about how my childhood was, um, my experiences with my, like my parents, like my father and my mother, um, school experiences, uh, anxiety type questions. So she was trying to find out if maybe my ADHD was actually to do with other things. Like it wasn't an ADHD, like a true ADHD thing. Maybe it was more to do with my trauma that I had experienced. Maybe it had affected my development of my the, the prefrontal cortex in my brain, which, you know, when you have these symptoms and experiences, it can be either way, right? Like unless you've never had trauma in your life and you were diagnosed with ADHD, then it's pretty straightforward. But if you've had plenty of both and you're you're coming from a, an abusive background or you've faced the abuse throughout your entire life up to adulthood or maybe including adulthood, there's a really good chance that your brain did not develop the same way as a person who has not experienced trauma and doesn't have ADHD. So as it is, our brains don't complete 
their its development till we hit the age of 25 on average. You know, that's been proven and explains a lot of why young children and teenagers in their 18, 19, 20 years of age don't have the same abilities to think through things and process information as well as people who are in their late 20s and 30s because their brains finally have developed and they're it's finished growing right so yeah it's easy for someone who experiences repetitive traumatic events and abuse from a partner or family member to develop symptoms that are pretty much identical to ADHD related issues and that's the thing like I've I'm not going to question the psychiatrist. She's the expert, obviously, right? But I have often wondered if my ADHD is actually, or sorry, actually came from my trauma, like the abuse and the bullying and shit that went on in my earlier years, especially in my in my young teenage years up to when I became an adult it's very possible that that was the root of everything. And now my symptoms that I'm having could be that. But that's the thing is it's, it's not cut and dry because there are a lot of symptoms that I have, I have occur on a regular basis that when you really think about it and you lay it out and you examine it, it's very strong towards ADHD especially like my my diagnosis of ADD you know attention deficit right i don't have the hyperactivity di- um diagnosis in there i often have issues with you know being able to concentrate being able to stay focused on something highly distractible right like having instances where i lose interest in stuff right away so but it's not all cut and dry it's like i said it's it's there are often a lot of overlapping between the complex trauma symptoms and the ADHD symptoms. And there is no point when it, when you think about it and you really go deep down and you try to not analyze it and you just observe and you try to, you know, see it from another point of view or in a present state, it's, better for you to just realize what's happening in the moment and just try to like be present with it don't analyze it don't obsess over it don't get into this thing where you just think about the that one item for hours on end and it's the only thing you ever focus on. You don't ever get anything done because one, it's just going to create a ton of stress. It's going to raise your anxiety levels. Your cortisol levels are going to go up and it's going to be harmful to you physically and especially mentally. So we need to do our best to just try and be in the moment when these symptoms occur and try to work through it and be in a, a, do it in a non-judgmental way. Like try to observe from an outside point of view and look at everything that has happened and just try to, I, in a way, accept what is happening and just don't allow it to create 
a lot of negative stimuli for yourself because all it does is that just ruins your self-confidence. It makes you feel rotten. It makes you feel terrible about yourself. And then you just continue to self-doubt and, and you could easily get depressed because all, you, all it ever does is create nothing but negative feelings. So you need to try to take advantage of the symptoms in a positive manner. Do something good with it. And to be quite honest, it's, and I know it's hard and it might sound difficult or crazy, but if we can accept what we are dealing with, and try to work with it and try to build on that and improve our lives, we will have a much better chance of dealing with symptoms or our triggers or, you know, stuff from the past and be able to heal from all of this and move on. And at the same time with ADHD related symptoms, we'll be able to handle it better because instead of, being caught up in the thinking of it and obsessing about everything to do with it and constantly racing. If we can build it to the point where we can just kind of observe as a whole and step back for a moment, we'll be better off and better prepared. And we won't get as lost and we won't get as frustrated with it as, as it can be, as we all know. All right. That's the episode for today. I, uh, this is a bit different than normal, I guess. Um, I did read a, a long article. Hopefully the information in this article written by that lady is informative and helpful and helps you understand you know, the complications and the overlapping of ADHD and CPTSD. Unfortunately, there's a lot of us out there who get misdiagnosed with ADHD and it's because the person who's doing the diagnosis is poor when it comes to truly getting deep enough to find out whether or not perhaps we have dealt with trauma in the past all right anyway if you want to get in touch with me there are multiple ways you can email me traumatized podcast 2023 sorry traumatized yeah 2020 traumatized podcast 2023 at gmail.com excuse me for that there's twitter there's mastodon there's threads there's blue sky it's all traumatized podcast or traumatized pc you can go to my website it's traumatizedpodcast.link uh these episodes are now all on youtube every single episode i've ever made is on youtube so you can go there and you can listen to it there I seem to be getting a lot of listeners from YouTube, so I definitely recommend you check it out. And this episode will be live on that platform tomorrow morning, just like with every other platform. Okay. Have a wonderful week. I will talk to you later, all right? All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>